Hey, baby, we can hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Jingle bells. They're calling again. That's right, folks. That sound means that it's Christmas, not in December, not in July, but in the month of May here in the beautiful city of angels. And you're listening to We're Not Listening, a Frasier recap and advice podcast from... Molly Shea. And me, Nick Francomano. Today's episode, season one, episode 12 of the landmark 1990s sitcom sensation, Frasier. Well, frankly, I'm happy to get back into the Christmas cheer right now. What a uh, what a what a great time for it to be Christmas in May. I think it's a beautiful thing. I, it, I mean, this episode is resolutely bleak. Yes. This episode is Christmas in hell yeah. for Fraser Crane. <laughs> and I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about something that I wanted to bring up for last week's episode, or rather that I should have brought up in last week's episode, which is that Fraser grapples. In last week's episode, Fraser's grappling with this existential question of death. Yes. And he tries to console himself with the knowledge of his own death in all these different ways. And the one thing that he doesn't turn to is religion. Is yes. that that's the one the one avenue Frazier doesn't explore. The show discards it outright. And so this episode, Father Mike gets mentioned. He's not seen in it. But, you know, this is kind of like, again... This is Frasier living life after the death of God, living into the... I feel like we've, yeah. we've touched on that before, how Frasier is a godless show. At, well, yeah, it is a godless show. And I think if you were to watch this as a spiritual person or a God-fearing person, you would feel absolutely and utterly vindicated in your faith when you look at the utter desolation that Frasier has been in for the past two episodes, the the yawning chasm of meaning that is Frasier's life is really apparent in these last two episodes. I like them because they're very purgatory heavy. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying I don't like these episodes. I'm just saying, like, we're seeing, you know, this is almost like, you know the myth of Sisyphus, you know, like it's in order for us to live, we must imagine Frasier happy. Well, I also feel like we made a lot of comments last week about um, how Frasier was kind of unaware of how terrible his relationship with Frederick is. And, and this, this is like yeah. a big the, comeuppance The episode. chickens <laughs> come home to roost in this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. And not just that. I mean, you we see Frasier completely oblivious in so many ways so that even as Frazier is having this incredible personal crisis well let's not get ahead of ourselves but it's like the on the one hand there's the spiritual crisis that the the people of the 1990s were entering and living through whether or not they they necessarily realized it and on the other hand there's a material crisis going on and somehow the solution to the Frasier's spiritual crisis involves a noticeable worsening of the material status of everyone else in his life. Yes. Everyone beneath Frasier in America's, you know, teetering and tottering social hierarchy really gets 
shafted this yeah, week. Yeah, I feel like as someone who has inadvertently been a Manic Pixie dream girl girlfriend for people before, like, you know, having uh, a white male character really need other people to kind of suffer and guide him along their moralistic uh, uh, development makes a lot of sense for me. Well, be careful what you wish for, I guess, Molly. Well... Uh, I, let's just say I, I can't even help myself anymore, so I don't know what I'm going to do for anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As long as nothing is expected of me these days, that's how I'm feeling. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, welcome Merry to... Merry Christmas. Well, yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, this episode, let's, let's dive into it. This episode starts off, Frazier is signing off his, his last show before Christmas, and he's in a great mood. We go in. This scene has a title card, The Office Christmas Party. Pretty straightforward title card. I'm I'm going to have to lean on you with title cards this week. I feel like I missed them every single time they went up. But oh, they there's were only there, two. And they were, good, were they good enough for you to not have to use the time machine? No. This one, I, I think I'm only going to avoid using my time machine to hold the writers hostage in the past. I'm going to withhold on that out of Christmas charity. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but so title card one, scene one, the office Christmas party, that's pretty straightforward. That's just what's going on in that scene. Yeah. is just the office Christmas party. So Frazier's signing off and, uh, you know, whatever. You can tell he's in a good mood because it turns out his son Frederick is going to come to Seattle and spend Christmas with him. So he's finally going to get to spend some time with his son after who knows how long. Bulldog comes into the show and wants him to cover for him on Christmas Day because Bulldog is supposed to meet... Bulldog's family is getting together for the first time in 15 years. Yes. Uh, and he's like, Frazier, I can't do the show on Christmas. I need you to cover for me. Frazier says, no, my son is coming. I'm going to spend time with my son, Frederick. You know? And isn't this weird to go from Bulldog, like, nearly being fired to immediately needing time? On Christmas, though, Molly, on Christmas, now you, you know, now you're a little Scrooge here. I mean, well, I mean, I guess I don't, I'm trying to think of where you, things are standing. Because, you're like the head of the station could, right now. Uh, you're like, listen, Briscoe, you're on thin ice. Well, or, or does Fraser deserve to not have the time because he nearly screwed over Bulldog? You know, I think the show just expects us to kind of live in Let ignorance of, of last week's events. Yeah, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, there is a little bit of choppiness there. But uh, speaking well, this of is, Choppy, doesn't Chopper Dave come in? Or Chopper Dave comes in. We get a little bit of yelling from Chopper Dave. Always classic. But then we get a little bit of a joke that doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't come up plot-wise again, but it does introduce kind of what the one of the themes of this episode, which is that Roz and Frazier agreed not to get each other gifts. But Frazier right. decides that he's going to get her a gift, but he gets her a gag gift. He gets her a like a rubber... Micro a radio microphone, microphone that squirts water. Yeah. And I so, think that's a funny gift. That is a funny gift, but it turns out Roz decided to get Frazier a gift too. And she got him a beautiful leather briefcase. Yeah. Like a, you know, five or six hundred dollar briefcase. Well, and I feel like this is like a good chance to see a different side of Roz with this gift, because I would never expect this kind of gift from Roz. I think it's I mean, it's, it's just classy. It's just in there for the joke too, just so that there's this really awkward situation. I mean, we get a little bit about Raz's mother. It's not mentioned that Raz's mother is the state attorney general of the state of Minnesota, but you know. But we know that. But we know that, and 
as Frasier fanatics, we know that. But, you know, briefcases are symbolically important to lawyers, I guess. So if you, you know, giving someone a briefcase with that background, that's a that's a freighted gift. That means, you know, real admiration. And Roz plays it, you know, she tries to play it cool that she obviously got the much worse end of this exchange. But, you know, this is sometimes. this is just the first of many times when Frasier is going to really put people out this Christmas. Yes. Frasier is really putting his foot in it all Christmas long. Although I will say the other thing that happens in this Christmas party is that there's an office tradition. There's the some, newest uh, yeah, hire has to take home. Has to take home Bonnie Weems, whom we learn every Christmas, Bonnie Weems gets uncontrollably drunk at the office Christmas party and forces herself on some unlucky man in the office. Wow. But then we see Bonnie Weems and she's kind of hot. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, based. And maybe it's been a long, <laughs> may, listen, maybe it's been a long choir, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd let Bonnie Weems smash on Christmas. On Christmas, I would. You're yeah. going to walk right into that HR rape culture? She, okay, Bonnie Weems <laughs> literally bodily picks up Frazier and carries him out of the office. That's so inappropriate. Who's, who's suing who? You know, I'm, No, I'm saying Bonnie deserves to be sued. I'm saying, yeah, if you throw it to Bonnie, you're in the clear. Everybody saw her carry you out of the party. If you carry a woman out of a Christmas party, no, you can't sleep with her. Well, but if she carries you out... This just sounds like a toxic work environment. Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. But it also looks like it's kind of like a, a rager. Yeah, it looks like a great Christmas party. If they're party. having an open bar, if you can get drunk enough to be like lascivious like that. Father Mike wants people to reenact the nativity scene, which is like, you know. Boring? Yeah, and Just I guess. Just like standing around? I don't even know why we didn't get to see Father Mike. You know, that would have been a funnier joke I, to I mean, see I instead of here. I always to see Father Mike. <laughs> right? But There's I know, a lot of hotties at this party. <laughs> Father Mike really didn't make it as a character on the show, I don't think. So. No, I Googled him, and you yeah. were right. He doesn't come back again. Yeah, think. he's only mentioned in this. So, anyway, it turns out Frazier lets Bonnie Weems take a cab home. Yeah. Frazier does the classy thing, I suppose. Um. And goes back to his house. Doesn't ream the weems. He does not ream the weem. He does not ream of the weem. No stocking stuffers. <laughs> oh, so we go home. Speaking of, speaking of, <laughs> Niles is in the apartment hanging around and drinking eggnog. He's drinking eggnog. <laughs> Eddie the dog comes and drinks the eggnog. Then Miles drinks it, or Niles drinks it out of the same mug. Hilarious. And then Frazier comes back. It turns out that the reason Niles is over at the apartment is that he quote unquote bought some dresses for Maris and he's having Daphne try them on. Daphne comes out in this skin tight cocktail dress. She looks great. (laughs) She does look great, but she, you know. It's clearly a setup. It is, yeah. We we see that Niles is there just to ogle and salivate over Daphne, who again, for someone with psychic powers, you know, it's just trying to keep her job. I, I guess so. I guess so. But it comes I don't know up, why my Martin didn't say anything or didn't catch this happening. And it, I know for a homicide detective, <laughs> uh, it comes up later in the scene 
that that black dress was so tight that Daphne couldn't wear underwear underneath it. And this causes Niles to drop his mug of eggnog and shatter it all over the floor. And, and then Daphne great, has to clean yeah, it up. What a great piece of like like comedic timing there. Absolutely. I was not expecting it. It was very funny. No, Niles, Niles shines, Daphne shines in this. And we really don't see them very much in this episode at all. And I feel like Niles is like a nervous energy like uh, physical humor has kind of been the shining light in these last two episodes. Yeah. Because they've been so funny and like, well, like he's, screwball. Well, he's steals the scenes that he's in. Yeah. Absolutely. Where there's a couple, uh, there's a couple lines in this that are those same kind of zingers that normally Niles has been giving so far in the series where, we'll come back to this, but when Frazier is doing his Christmas intro and he talks about how every moment is irreplaceable and then he has to do it again. That's exactly the same type of joke as, you know, I, I've already missed my abandonment issues workshop twice, or I, I had to do all the name tags for multiple, multiple personalities, personalities, you yeah. know, for those of you really keeping up with the Frasier verse at home. Anyway, in this scene, Frasier's talking about how he can't, you know, he can't cover for Bulldog. Bulldog has been calling the house, trying to get Frasier to cover for him on Christmas day. And then suddenly, a phone call comes. Martin answers the phone call, and he says, it's the nag. Yeah. Frazier thinks it's Bulldog. It's, in fact, his ex-wife, Lilith. Hilarious. <laughs> um, and Lilith, it turns out, wants to take Frederick for Christmas. Okay, to, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, did you happen to break down all of the things that Frederick is supposed to be doing on this adventure? I don't think I got them all, but it's it's the kind of thing where, obviously, Frazier cannot say no. Yeah, because it's, it's like kind of Sound of Music themed. It's like yeah, Alpine which is, Christmas. Yeah, which is Frederick's favorite movie, apparently. Yeah. Hilarious. Um, I had to go see The Sound of Music live I was when so I was a kid. That you get to see. That. Didn't you get to see that recently? Or? I've seen it recently live as well, but when I was a kid, I had to see it live and I hated it. I, I was, love it. I was dying. Did you like it the second time around? Yeah, I think I saw it. I didn't... I didn't see Sound of Music with Kelsey Grammer. I saw South Pacific with Kelsey Grammer Whoa. at the Hollywood Bowl. I don't know who I saw in Sound of Music now that I'm thinking about it. You didn't go with your mom? I went with my mom, yeah, but I don't know who I saw. I'm going to delete that from the podcast. I don't need people out there knowing this is what I'm doing, okay. that I'm a little Frederick now. You are, but <laughs> isn't that always been the joke? Anyway. <laughs> um... <laughs> You are simultaneously fre the the father, son, and the Holy Ghost of as Martin I as I have Crane. said many times in my analysis of this series, the child is the father of the man. The child is the father of the man. Anyway, but uh, so basically, Frederick is going to have a way better. He's Christmas. going to have a full blown Sound of Music Christmas. They're yeah. going to Salzburg. <laughs> They've got the Salzburg Boys Choir. Singing, they're going to have dinner with Julie Andrews, and then they're going on a hot air balloon ride through the Alps. Which, in Christmas time in the Alps, I don't think that's very safe. Pretty You're going to wind up like Richard Branson, you know, blown out to sea. Well, not from a landlocked country, but you know, whatever. And then on the way home, they're going to stop at Disney World, Euro Disney. So Frederick is, you know. I also feel like this is just Lilith being a dick. This is such a, yeah, this is such a petty move in many ways where it's like, you know, Frazier, you think you're going to get to be the star dad just because you take this kid off my hands for a few days at Christmas. 
let me show you what the star parent does. Yeah, yeah. And, and basically the plans that are set in place with uh, Niles and Martin um, is that they have a cabin, which will come up later in the season, that they're all supposed to be going to. Yeah. And so Niles makes a joke after, you know, Fraser tells uh, them all of the magical things that Frederick will be doing and says, well, I think that there's a stump that the children like to kick yeah. in the neighborhood. Up by the cabin in the woods where Maris... <laughs> Maris keeps the deer out of the trash by shooting at them with her shotgun, which I like that Maris has a shotgun. I mean, I feel like she probably also knows how to like ride a horse. Yeah, of course. Of course. She's, I mean, we never see her. You know, we don't really know, but I think she's probably, she's described as being very frail, but like kind of maybe one of those willowy English women, you know, who really could hunt and ride. In like a Vanessa Redgrave? Absolute Redgrave type, or like Elizabeth Hurley, but without the big knockers. Um, yeah, I feel like Elizabeth Hurley's way too central for that kind of Lilith analogy. Yeah. Anyway. But, and so Fraser does the right thing and says, okay. Yeah. Like I, Frederick's allowed to go to Austria without me and leave me alone on Christmas. But then it becomes the like, a huge, everybody yeah. hates me, I hate everybody, Frasier meltdown time. Yeah, absolute temper tantrum. Martin wants to dec- put up the Christmas decorations. He has plastic wreaths, and I put this in my notes. Ew, I'm strictly real trees only. But it's also like, it's Martin's thing. Like, let yeah. Martin have his little thing. Yeah, right. Because what Fraser wants to put up on the tree is a big Nick thing. Yeah, which the is chili, chili pepper, pepper lights. lights. Yeah, which I have in my backyard. I never put them on the tree, but I keep them up in the backyard for kind of southwestern flair. But Fraser wants to put on chili pepper lights. So I feel like Martin's allowed to have the shitty wreath, yeah. and Fraser's allowed to have the dumb chili pepper lights well martin has a great line about it too where it's like let's put up some turnips and some broccoli on the tree too how about that uh you know they have a big argument that's really not about anything but it gets to the point where fraser shouts he's not going to go to the cabin with them he's going to spend christmas by himself he will cover bulldog show and they can all go screw themselves and be with that fraser and the fight ends with mile or martin and fraser just yelling Merry Christmas at each other, like more spitefully and loudly than the last one. And it makes little Eddie the dog put his head under the pillow. Yeah. Very cute. Very good Eddie acting this episode. Yeah. Eddie, you know, Eddie played that moment just right. I'm not going to lie. You know, a lot of times the dog will kind of ham it up a little bit and try to upstage people. But Eddie plays all his scenes just right in this episode. Yeah. And when he drank out of Niles' cup, just spot on, excellent dog acting. Spot on Eddie work in this week's episode. And let's not get ahead of ourselves again, but I think that Eddie's performance is going to be reflected in my Cafe Latte score for this episode. Interesting. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Next scene, this scene, also no title card, back at the station. It turns out, again, Frasier's self-centeredness... How much time do you think has passed between those two scenes? One day. Because he looks rough. Yeah, he looks rough. Frasier comes into the station. He's wearing sweatpants and old... Or he's wearing a sweatshirt and old jeans. He's wearing like... He looks like a bum. This is what's going to come up. He looks He looks like a hobo. And he goes in. It turns out, because of his you know eccentricity, 
or his, you know, temper tantrum, Roz has to work on Christmas Day now, too. Right. And I've been on the radio on Christmas, and I had a lot of fun with it. But I think this turns into a real bleak one. Yeah, because Roz's mom was in town, and so Frazier basically... Frazier's taking her away from her mother, her mother being the attorney general of the state of Wisconsin, a very busy woman, or the state of Minnesota, one of those states. Yeah, Roz comes in dressed professionally, and she's like, well, I'm glad you decided to dress up for me. Yeah, at least you dressed up for me, yeah. Uh, And she's like, only the saddest, most pathetic people in the world are going to actually be calling in on Christmas Day. And Frazier's like... Maybe this will be the best Christmas ever. You know, I'm so sad I don't get to see Frederick, and maybe I'll get to help myself by helping all these people, which is, again, you know... Selfish. Absolutely. And this is, you know... Okay, it's Christmas. The only, you know... the Frazier's looking for deeper meaning in this Christmas holiday, and he only can think to find it in this sort of empty, secular, humanist gesture of just, you know helping people and it turns out that what he winds up doing is actually taking from everyone around him and not giving back and it never occurs to Frazier that you know you can't help other people or you can't help yourself by helping other people like sometimes you know when it's Jesus's birthday you gotta let Jesus help you Frazier that's who you need in your freaking life, baby. Um, you see when there's only uh, one set of uh, footprints in the sand? Well, the snow. Oh, the snow. That's when Jesus was carrying it. Although it does come up when they're arguing about the Christmas tree that actually none of our wintertime stuff is Christmas appropriate because Jesus was born in the desert anyway. So. Well, also, uh, I thought it was funny that uh, the holiday cards that were taken in October... Um, finally, you know, we got to, we got to the episode for Christmas. And they don't come up, do they? The, the holiday cards? Yeah, they're taking their Christmas card photo and it just doesn't come up again. No, but they at least put the Christmas tree in the same spot. It's the best place for it. I wish they had decorated the creepy frog um, planter in the back. It got a lot of airtime. Yeah. I don't know. I think... It's probably too fragile to put a Santa hat on, but nah. I don't know. They must have multiples, too. Anyway, okay. first caller. It turns out that the only people calling in are the saddest and most pathetic people in the world, and we get a murderer's row of high-end guest stars for the Christmas episode. Uh, caller number one, 80 sensation, Eric Stoltz as Don. And this comes back... Don says, you know, he helped himself get in the Christmas spirit because he was coming back from the gym and he left his old sneakers on top of his car when he was driving away. And by the time he realized he'd left his sneakers on the roof of the car, he looks in his rearview mirror and sees some old homeless guy is putting his sneakers on. And he decides to let the homeless guy keep the shoes and just drives away. Yeah, and, and that's about as positive as these phone calls That's the get. most positive one. And Frazier, Frazier has a good reaction to this. He says, Roz, I think we've got Santa Claus himself on the line. I like that. Uh, it's a good read. But it's just, you know, it's getting worse and worse. Caller two, who is it? Ben oh. Stiller as Barry. Ben Stiller as Barry. He's just weeping uncontrollably. And Ben Stiller has, you know, incredible range as a comedic performer. But his weeping is really world class. <laughs> he's a world class weeper. He's weeping uncontrollably on the phone. They can't even keep him on the line. Caller three, Rosemary Clooney. The singer Rosemary Clooney, George Clooney's aunt, among other things, but also, you know, late 50s, early 60s. She's got to sing some holiday songs. 
I'm sure she has multiple Christmas albums. Absolutely. Uh, my father told me that she was his favorite. My Yeah, when my father was a kid, his favorites were Annette Funicello from the Mickey Mouse Club and Rosemary Clooney. Uh, so just to date this kind of reference, <laughs> my father was born in 1941, so work backwards from there. Uh, and then caller number four, best of the lot, in my opinion, is Mel Brooks. Oh, and Mel, that line is messed up that he says. Well, it's just, you know, we're going through these calls and we see Frazier is increasingly crestfallen. It's getting worse and worse in there. <laughs> Caller number four, Mel Brooks. We cut in in the middle of the call and he's going, Mommy, Mommy, the puppy Santa gave me won't wake up. <laughs> more and animal cruelty on the more show. More animal cruelty. We can't go an episode without a little animal cruelty. Oh in this gosh, case, they were. So I mean, upsetting. I presume. I think this happens actually, sadly, somewhat frequently. You know, they wrapped up the puppy in like a present box, but didn't give it any air, air holes. holes. Yeah, man. I think that kind of rookie move. I think now people are a little more woke when it comes to pet care. Yes. Than they were in the old days. I think when when Mel Brooks was a child, certainly. It was not as big a deal to kill a puppy Ugh. as it is now. Well, also, I just think it's uh, like when I get, uh, I remember when I used to get sad, I would watch um, puppy surprise videos on YouTube. Oh, no. Where you basically watch people getting puppies for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so they're like very happy and excited. And it's just like the best thing to watch. That's now you're bumming me out. Why? Now I'm bummed out. Because it's because you're thinking about me in undergrad watching puppy surprise videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I remember I once I I once got really depressed for a while in college, and I wound up just watching all of Kitchen Nightmares. I was in a real <laughs> I was in a real funk for a good week, couple weeks or so, and I just watched every episode of kitchen nightmares with gordon that's the one with gordon ramsay yeah. right yeah yeah I was, and i i don't know what it was maybe it was you know i was mad at myself so i needed to see gordon ramsay go be mad at those other people well it's funny because i feel like i recently started watching kitchen nightmares and it's, so oh now my, i'm oh afraid my god, oh my god <laughs> yeah I, it's serious molly it's serious if you're watching kitchen nightmares i mean get yeah <laughs> seek help <laughs> Oh my God. And don't seek help from Gordon Ramsay because he doesn't see those. No. Listen, I don't know if, how any of those restaurants are doing now. I don't think I don't think any of those restaurants made it. I kind of wonder, do you know about the Capri Brothers one? The one that's down the street on Figueroa or? No. It's like the the two kind of. In Figueroa in downtown twins? LA or Figueroa in Highland Park? In Highland Park. Yeah. Um, oh, the pizza place? Yeah. Gordon Ramsay went there? Yeah. Yeah. That, that episode's messed up because they're not good business owners and they serve moldy stuff. Oh. And I always wonder if they're open because they were like- I used to eat there. Well, sorry. I, I, I went once or twice, but now I, I will never go uh, there. Okay. Well, I suppose I spoke too soon and I owe Gordon Ramsay a great big thank you, not just for getting me through that rough patch of my college days, but, not but now for you, uh, yeah, food poisoning. getting me woke on the, uh, the pizza issue here yeah all right what were we, what were we saying okay Roz, we go we you know they go to commercial fraser goes into the producer's booth and sees Roz. she cannot handle how bleak it is she might as well be in there with a barrel of a freaking gun in her mouth yeah she's like 
she's not even moving because she's just weeping she is on catatonic <laughs> yeah she is face down on the soundboard catatonic and Frazier lets her go home early. Frazier tells her to go home early. And in the beginning of this scene, we get another, we get a little progression here in their relationship. In the beginning of this scene, you know, Frazier is being weird and like demands that she hug him. Yeah, and he says, to, "Come to Papa." Come, yeah, because he wants to like you know gla- gloss over how he's wronged her twice yes. in this episode so far. Um, but now by the end of this, Raz is so distraught that she needs a hug from Frazier. And she leaves on that note. And she's like, she can't even get out the words Merry Christmas without crying. Because oh, everyone yeah. who's been calling in has been the saddest and most pathetic person in the world. Yeah, and I hear that, like, the the rates of her call centers go up pretty... Like suicide hotlines? Yeah. Oh, well, ho- the holidays, holidays is a big one. Absolutely. Mm. That's, you know... And I mean, that's fodder for a lot of classic episodes of television. There's the King of the Hill Christmas episode where they have to keep uh, Bill Dotry from killing himself. Oh. Uh, you know, there's lots of those. I mean, even um, It's a Wonderful Life, the, you know, the kind of classic archetypal Christmas story is about a guy who's about to jump off a freaking bridge. Moral of the story, don't believe in God. <laughs> the moral of the story... <laughs> The, no, the moral of the story of this is your life is that banks are your friend. Right. Uh, is that, you know, basically he's doing the kind of stuff that like caused the 2008 financial crisis. He's just doing it, you know, 60 years early. Merry uh, Christmas. Here's a toxic yeah, asset. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, listen, like you can't take your money out of the bank because I've made all these really questionable investments in all your dumb little houses and businesses. <laughs> like, you know, the money's in your house and your house. Anyway, don't, Hot you know, dog. listen, this is not a <laughs> podcast about the savings and loan crisis. This is not a podcast about, you know, financial malfeasance but let me just say everyone in the town invests in dogecoin i guess they show <laughs> you know they show what the town would be like if he did kill himself but the town would actually be you know cool a, a vibrant mixed use area instead of being suburban sprawl he financed the destruction of downtown yeah ha- have you seen that movie recently no I watched it like maybe two years ago, like pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow, there's bars in this neighborhood." Yeah, and like it seems like it's fun. The nightmare version of that town is, is that it has a hella cool. <laughs> it has a walkable downtown with thriving street-level businesses with floozies and drunks. Okay, listen, I'm not a libertarian. I don't. I'm not here to promote degeneracy like a libertarian would, but I believe in strong towns, and I believe in mixed-use zoning. Oh, okay. Well, I I just like to party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've missed it. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Anyway. Uh, okay, so Fraser finishes up by himself and then decides to take himself out to dinner. Well, no, Fraser's breaking down. Oh. We get one last celebrity caller, and this is a very weird one. Uh. One last celebrity caller. Frazier's breaking down. He just can't deal with it, how bleak everything's been. He says, somebody call in who's happy this Christmas. Like, let's go out on a high note. Somebody who's happy call in. We get the fourth caller of the episode, and it's Dominic Dunn, the crime writer, uh, the host of a lot of, like, true crime TV shows, 
a panelist on like court TV kind of real celebrity crime personality. He covered the Klaus von Bülow case. I think he really got big on the Klaus von Bülow case. He was huge in the OJ case, but this is before OJ. So this is, I don't know how Dominic Dunn got this, but you know, he was kind of a more, he was sort of a less gay Truman Capote. Uh, okay. You know, he was like- uh, Yeah, cause I didn't know who this was. And then I Googled You only him. knew the- The, the Capote. Uh, um, I, I mean, Capote, I guess. I say it, Capote, like Gabagool. But he was ashamed of his Italian heritage, so let him live with it. Yeah. Um, As am I, Truman. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I noticed, like, I recognized his face, but I had no idea who this guy was. Well, it's Dominic Dunn. For all of the, you know, middle-aged ladies listening out there, this one's for you. Well, maybe we have mm-hmm. some true crime crossover listenership that we're unaware of. Yeah, I guess, you know, all these women love to murder podcasts, so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, I don't remember Listen, the women, we got about. we got your number. <laughs> we're on to you ladies. Uh, he calls in and he says, this is meant to be the cheer up thing. And this is where the writers of this episode display a real spectacular cruelty in a way they've been kind of putting Frasier through the ringer this week Frasier gets the call and it is a happy call he says when I get blue on Christmas I just put on my oh, favorite movie right. The Sound of Music That's and what this is. when I see Julie Andrews take those singing tots through the streets of Salzburg I don't know how anybody could be sad and Frazier's face just falls Fra- to the floor. Fra- you see Frazier's heart, the last little fastness of hope within Frazier's soul crumbles to <laughs> dust. You as can this, see the light just go out just in his eyes. Just <laughs> die in his eyes. Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, kudos to Kelsey Grammer for this performance. I would say that Eddie and Kelsey Grammer are both really do give good performances this week. I mean, um, I still think Niles did a great job. All around. Good you acting. Know, let's give the cast a round of applause. Well um, done. Well, I, I have an applause thing on my soundboard. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, there it is. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I never use these sound effects. I don't know Look, which one is which. Give us another one. Okay, let's see. This one's probably going to be the applause. Woo! Uh, no, it's not that one. <laughs> Come I, on down. <laughs> okay, all right. Last one, last one. Let's see. Oh, oh, nope, oh, never mind. Secret right, identity yeah. leak. <laughs> Admin reveal. All right, people. Um, and so uh, now does he finally take himself to dinner? Because I skipped ahead before. Yeah, he finally goes to the diner. Well, he signs off on the show, like, again, like a man on his way to jump off a freaking bridge <laughs> at the beginning of, of It's a Wonderful Life. He says, I'm now going to treat myself to dinner in one of Seattle's many fine restaurants. I don't know where, but I do know that it will have a liquor license. And then, and I've done this on the radio, he knows he said something too dark. He knows he said something too, you know, he he crossed the line. And so he tried, he backpedals hard. He's like, ha just kidding. Like, don't drink and drive. Like, and signs off on that note. And it's like, oh, it's rough. It's, it hurts. Oh boy. Frazier. Well, 
Yeah, and we see that he doesn't even go to a fine restaurant. He winds up going to, you know, the end of the line cafe. Yeah. Lou's Diner. This place is like, what's that painting of the oh, sad ass cafe? Nighthawks. The Nighthawks. It's like the Nighthawks, but dirty. At least that the Nighthawks is like stylized enough to be clean. Yeah. All those people in the Nighthawks, you can tell they're at the end of their rope. But this one is like. I kind of like going to shitty diners, though. Yeah, I mean, this one is like, it looks like it's in a bus station. It looks well, like it's in a Greyhound terminal. Also, the, the selection of food is uh, another For thing. For a gourmand like Frazier, it is a real problem. He yeah. goes in, I mean, remember, he's looking like a bum. He's looking looking bad, but he goes in, and the place is full of real bums. Authentic, the authentically destitute and miserable, the wretched of the earth have convened here in Lou's diner. The huddled masses. Yeah. Uh, and so Frazier goes in. He sits next to, I guess, the guy who's going to be kind of the main homeless guy of this scene. And the guy asks him, you know, hey, how's it going, mister? And Frazier starts telling this. Frazier, a psychiatrist who went to Harvard, who lives in a condo on the, the 30th floor of the nicest building in Seattle, who's driven to this diner in his BMW 5 series, uh, a radio personality known and loved by everyone in the city of Seattle, starts telling this homeless guy about his problems with complete sincerity. He's like, oh, I'm having a terrible Christmas. I had a fight with my dad. My son is on a hot air balloon in Austria with Julie Andrews. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, this scene is disgusting. Well, this scene is also horrifying. Can to we me. do an IMDb check? Do we have a, a sound noise for that? Uh, uh, beep boop boop beep boop boop. Uh, you want an IMDb noise here? Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a Latin IMDb. That's an EMDb. <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, Marsha Gay Harden? It's Christine Estabrook is the actress's name who plays Lou, the waitress in Lou's diner. It looks like she's on. She's Beverly Beck on Penny Dreadful City of Angels. Okay. She's, um, let's see. Looks like she hasn't really been a series regular on, on a lot of stuff. She's Mercy on American Horror Story. Oh. She's Gail Holloway on Mad Men. So I don't so know. So she works. That's why yeah, she, she looks familiar. She's, she's booking a lot of work, but I don't think she's really a series regular on anything. She's... She was Martha Huber on Desperate Housewives on eleven episodes of Mar of Desperate Housewives, hmm. you know. So yeah, she's she's uh, she's working, but not a you know not, as not a star so to speak. Okay. Star, you know. Well, I mean, sorry, Christine. I guess at the heartbreak uh, heartbreak diner, you know. It's absolutely. This is a diner for people where things haven't exactly turned out the way they would have liked. Yes. So Lou offers Frazier the Christmas platter what everybody's having for Christmas, and it sounds disgusting. I don't even know what... A turkey log is? She says it's a turkey log followed by a Yule log for dessert. And, you know, Frazier has to be snide about this. Snide and elitist in this restaurant, full of the downtrodden. So Frazier goes, makes these people listen to his problems, and then, you know, is rude and snide about the food that they have to eat on Christmas because they have terrible lives. This is like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is not Frazier's finest hour by far. So Frazier gets the Christmas platter. He eats it. He complains about it. He calls the gravy on the turkey a remoulade. Uh, I mean, 
Yeah. It's ugly. But we do find out that this guy, the homeless guy that he's talking to, he's having a great Christmas because he's the guy who got the sneakers that Eric Stoltz dropped off his car in the first call from the scene. You know, it just makes you feel like a real sense of place. You know, like the city of Seattle is its own character in the show almost. Wow. 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 (laughs) You didn't go to film school, Nick? That's crazy. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I went to hippie school. Yeah. Uh, But we don't have to get into my alma mater. (laughs) Uh, It wasn't Harvard. No. No. Um, Nor was mine. But Mm -hmm. uh, so Frazier is like wrapping up his dinner and then feels around and gropes around for his wallet but he's and wearing he's, those yeah he's wearing his ratty pants. bum jeans he left his wallet he does not have his wallet and he tries to tell lou that he's good for it he can just go get the money from the office and he'll come right back they don't believe him because he looks like trash and he looks down on his luck and so you know lou's had to put up with this before this is a rough kind of place and i feel like if you cross lou like you're going to get worked over. In the, well, you know. and also it, he's saying such crazy stuff about how great his life is that it makes him seem like he's like a delusional Really person. delusional. Yeah, well, he's saying like, oh, I left my wallet. Actually, I'm quite well off. And the homeless guys are like, yeah, you know, it happened. We, you know, this guy just lost sure his whole are. stock portfolio. You know, it's it's a painful moment. And this oh, the homeless guy goes around the restaurant and takes up a collection for Frazier. And Frazier kind of does try to stop him, but ultimately he does accept their charity. And he's and moved. He's moved by it. So this is really a portrait of someone whose moral compass has been freaking napalmed by modernity. This is a man who is utterly upside down turned around in this world that he allows this to happen that he you know well also i feel like fraser was given a gift he didn't deserve yes twice in this episode he was given a beautiful briefcase by Roz, and we gave a joke gift to i mean maybe we could say that's just a misunderstanding one time is a misunderstanding two times no no now it's a pattern fraser now it's a pattern yeah you gotta check your privilege you know, <laughs> as much as I don't want to say it that way, he really he does. does. He yeah. really does. He's so, I mean, this this is like disgusting what happens in this scene. And the show, the show knows it too. The show doesn't play it for sweets because Frazier's leaving the diner and he's waving to all the people who've just given, this is like the parable of the widow's might in the Bible, go back to the Bible, that, you know, all these people give lots of money to charity, but who does Jesus think gives the best charity? The poor widow who can only give one little, you know, Roman penny. Because it's half her income. Because it's, yeah, because it's more to her than what it is for the rich man to give. So Frazier steals the widow's might the you know the precious charity of these desperate sad people and then he goes out and he's waving back at them inside and he about to get into his bmw 5 series and he decides to just duck so that you can't tell he ducks under the window and he shimmies into the car so that he can't be seen from the diner but then lou back in the diner lou looks under the counter Somebody's left the keys to a BMW in there. And Frazier tries, he goes back in to try to get his BMW keys, but 
his shame will not allow him to say what he's doing. Thank God, at least he knows to feel shame. Yeah. Um, and while he's in there, the, um, I guess the main homeless man uh, looks at him and says, hey, you want to get dessert? Nah, ha, ha. And he's like, but you know what? And he like flips him a coin and he's like, call your old man on Christmas. And that is <laughs> like, okay, this guy, the homeless guy who's doing all this, this guy is a saint, you know? Yeah. Like, Sometimes the angels, you know, they walk among us. This man is a, you know, he's living in the meaning of Christmas. Right. And and, and like, I mean, I know that Fraser mentions that he's having a fight yeah, with everybody. Yeah, Fraser mentioned that he had a fight with his dad. And like this guy, you know, he's he's really trying to help. And Fraser, Fraser takes his charity again. Yeah. Takes his like, charity again. Maybe I will call my father after all. You and know? that's the end of the episode. Yeah, that's it. And you watch him like walk away without his car because yeah, he, he... decides to just not go back for his keys. Yeah, yeah, Maybe which is can... like yeah, like Frasier has it's okay. The five series that's not the top of the line. It's not the seven series, but still, that's a big that's a big beautiful automobile. Yeah, um, you know this is this is not my beautiful life. This is not my beautiful house. <laughs> uh, you know how did Frasier get that car? Because he's richer than all these people, and but he doesn't mean anything to him. He just walks away from it. He abandons his BMW there. I'm sure he goes back to get it later, but right. still, it's like... When he's uh, cleaned up a bit. Yeah, it's like it means nothing to him to leave the car there. And also, he can probably go to his apartment and yeah. have the doorman let him in. Yes. And, you know, take him inside of his go house. Go home, and his apartment will probably be pretty clean and nice because he has a freaking live-in maid... That when she, when his creep brother isn't too busy making his maid put on little outfits, she's break, breaking her back to keep the place nice. And not just that, though, but Daphne's not going home for Christmas. Oh, my God. We still completely skipped over the Daphne thing. Daphne's going to San Francisco. I don't even know if I can say this anymore. I mean, this is, this is a little bit of a it. dated one. She's going to see her uncle Jackie in San Francisco. And, you know, this episode is a product of its time. Uncle Jackie is a transvestite. Oh, um, okay. And, you know, I don't know if you can say transvestite anymore. Well, I feel like... I don't think that's, that's you know, the preferred nomenclature, dude. Well, I think that there's also two different things. If you're a transvestite, it means you just like to wear women's clothing or men's clothing, depending on what's going on. But you're not actually embodying the identity of the Yeah, person. but nobody does that anymore. And the people who do do that, they get in trouble for that now. Like, Even, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I I wear clothes of men. Oh, you wear, you're you a woman who wears trousers? Sometimes. Oh, dear, what has the world come to? <laughs> what has the world come you, to? You saw my Bluto performance. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's one. That's, you know. But. That was showbiz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Showbiz. <laughs> anyway. But yeah. I mean, we get also some fun kind in, of yeah. progressive that, you know, she's hanging out with the uncle. Well, I think it's, you know, it's played for laughs. She's talking about how, you know, he's too fat to be a transvestite now because he's getting old. Like Aww. she went down there for Thanksgiving and she had to cut him out of his pantyhose. Aww, uh, same here. It's fine. <laughs> Pandemic's been bad to all of us. <laughs> well, so that's what's going on with Daphne. Daphne's not at home because she's... That's why she can't go to the cabin with Niles. Which, well, honestly, thank, thank God. Thank God. 
Thank God. I know. And she gives that dress back to Niles. And she says, oh, I had to take me knickers off to zip the dress up. And it was like, you know that Niles is going to go home and sniff that dress. Oh, gross. <laughs> Why would you say that? Because that's what's going on. That's <laughs> because I didn't do this Frasier podcast to pussyfoot around the truth, Molly. Okay. He's going to go and sniff that dress. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Gnarly. <laughs> Merry Christmas, yeah, everybody. Are we going to get shirts that say that? Sniff <laughs> that, that dress. <laughs> it's time to play America's favorite game show. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's 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 move on from that. Cafe Latte score on this episode for you, Molly. Um, six. Six cafes latte out of ten. I'm going to say seven. I'm going to say six eggnog lattes six eggnog lattes which is sounds even more gross than regular eggnog to me i yes. hate eggnog but really okay. oh yeah really why just because i follow all these right-wing bodybuilders on twitter doesn't mean i want to drink an egg on christmas well i just i mean like like i said i like to party and eggnog with you know, no. a little alcohol. My in Christmas, it. my fun. Christmas beverage. I like a hot toddy. I like a hot spice wine. You do, I do that not, wine every year. I do not like. Uh, I do not like an eggnog. That's true. I just say no to the nog. Anyway, what have we got in our reader mail bag this week, Molly? Or is it the uh, the the Santa the Santa mail bag? Oh wow, well, yeah, Santa's Santa's Santa, uh, our letters to the. To the we're not listening North Pole. Oh, that's nice. That's Eddie holding a little uh, a letter with his uh, reindeer. I'm gonna come tell Bonnie Weems to sit on my lap. (laughs) Come to Papa. Come to Papa. Come to Papa. Oh yeah. All right, here we go. Dear, we're not listening. Hello, I'm a recent Los Angeles transplant from Chicago, and it's been my first full year in Los Angeles. Usually I got I get seasonal depression in December, but I've found that with this never-ending sunshine, I no longer have that issue. Instead, now that it's summer, I feel like I have seasonal depression constipation. How does anyone emotionally process anything in this city? Thanks, always sunny. Uh, okay. This person sounds awful. This person yeah. sounds like well, a freaking dork. How does any how does anybody emotionally process anything in this city? I have I have seasonal affective depression constipation. I can't be de- you know, go home, okay? Everybody who wants to move here to Los Angeles, go home. Don't come here. Well, That's what I say. You want to go be freaking depressed somewhere? Go do it go wherever you depressed. came from. Yeah. Well, I feel like some cities love being depressed, and that's what the deal is with Seattle. People in Los Angeles love being depressed. This is the most depressing city in the world. But you're Are you not kidding? supposed to be depressed here. That's why everybody's so depressed. Are you kidding? <laughs> this is a city. We have the the genie coefficient of Angola, basically. I mean, we have, you know, we're living through the beginning of of Blade Runner. Like, we're so close to Blade Runner being a documentary. How could you look around here and just think you have nothing to be depressed about? (laughs) Um, How could... Okay, right now, here in the City of Angels, there's like a 200,000-acre fire in the Palisades right now. Uh, There's like 80,000 homeless people everywhere. Uh, Homicide is up 40% this year. Uh, you know, robberies, crimes. So are you just trying to get them to become <laughs> depressed, actually? 
Listen, I wanted to. I don't know what these people do when they move here. Of when these people move here, they always want to go to the dumbest places. They go to somewhere like Hollywood, Squirrel with no vowels. Oh, gross! Know, like, and you know, they do dumb stuff. Like they do the they do the silent yoga, but with the headphones. They do the rave, silent rave headphone yoga. Or goat yoga. Goat yoga. They go. They take their bumble picture in Runyon Canyon. You know dorky stuff i don't care at all for these people my advice to you is go go back to chicago and stay there well i have another bit of advice they should just get one of those sad lamps and then just turn it off yeah you should get one of those yeah get one of those daylight lamps that people in alaska use to not kill themselves but then just don't turn it on <laughs> Uh, problem solved. <laughs> problem solved. Wow. Uh, you can just be regular depressed instead of seasonal. Yeah, I mean, welcome. Yeah, you can be depressed all year round here in the City of Angels. I don't know what you came out here for, Johnny. Jack. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, Jack, I don't know what you came out here for, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of people in this town where things didn't go exactly how they thought they were gonna. And, you know, you tell them that there's nothing to be depressed about, all right? You go tell the guy in the SpongeBob costume down on Hollywood <laughs> Boulevard that he's got nothing to be depressed about, all right? If you can, you know, if you Get can talk to him bath. without him grabbing your ass. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Come to Papa. Come to Papa. All right. Whoa. Welcome to Welcome to the Dream Factory, kid. Welcome to Tinseltown. <laughs> Whoa. Hey. I love LA. <laughs> we, we love, love it. it. <laughs> oh, to be sad again. <laughs> Rolling down Imperial Highway. Big nasty redhead on my side. That's as much of the song as I think it's safe to sing. Yeah, before, yeah. before we... Before Randy Newman kicks the in the Dodgers door. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, if you want to just talk about the Dodgers, I mean, they won a World Series last year. That's something to be happy about. But normally, they're a heartbreaker team. Max Muncy just broke his hand. Mookie Betts got hit in the dick by a wild pitch. You know, there's no shortage of things to be depressed about. We love it. We love it. Sixth Street. We love, <laughs> love it. it. All right. All right. I guess we're done. That's the show. <laughs> if you want, if you want, if you want your question in the reader mailbag, and I can't imagine that you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we should prompt someone right now. Maybe we should. Week. Yeah. Maybe we should be nice <laughs> to no. the people who write in. <laughs> no, that'll never be the case. But we'll, let, maybe we should read a quick synopsis of what it will be and get an idea of what, what they should call in for. Okay. Next week's episode. Guess who's coming to breakfast? Frazier is surprised to learn that Martin has been sleeping with a woman from his building. Wow. He then broadcasts this fact in his next show, <gasps> embarrassing the woman and infuriating Martin. Feeling guilty, Frazier resolves to get them back together. Roz is going out with Noel Shemsky, a Star Trek addict. Guest callers, Piper Laurie as Marianne, Henry Mancini as Al, and wow. Elijah Wood Wow. The Hobbit himself, this Mr. Episode Frodo. sounds fabulous. So if you have any questions about your parents' romantic life, any advice questions or about your parents' love you, life. Have you humiliated your parents before? Yeah, if you've ever spilled the beans on a family secret, anything like that, you can get in touch with us through our official podcast uh, Instagram account at 
not listening podcast. So yeah. send us a yeah, DM on call, there. Call up with your parents. Yeah, yeah. You can call them with your parents. You can write us a letter. We'll, you know, we'll we'll do a couple if we get a couple. We'll, you know, whatever. Get in touch with the pod, and we'd love to hear from you. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>